Cheers, y'all. Well, 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 well. That is what the beginning of a party always sounds like. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza known worldwide as the world-famous Smokin' and Toastin'. Welcome to the show. It's show number 230 today. That's halfway to 300. We're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, it's pretty exciting. It's pretty <laughs> exciting. Uh, we are um, all excited about today's show, talking about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And today, specifically, we'll be discussing great cigars for spring and Garrison Brothers Whiskey. Ian, how psyched are you that we have Garrison Brothers on the show? I'm totally psyched. We are, you know, we'll get into this a little bit later on in the show, but, you know, Texas whiskey in general has become a thing over the past, I would say, five, six years. Would you, would you agree with that? Definitely. It's really become a thing much more so than it ever was. Uh, and Garrison Brothers... This is great, Ian, because last week we had uh, St. Arnold on. Yes. St. Arnold is the oldest craft brewery in Texas. And Garrison Brothers, if I if my remembrance is correct, is was the first legal uh, distillery, <laughs> legal, legal whiskey I like distillery the in in uh, in Texas. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure it's not the first place that things were distilled, uh, but but in terms of being a legal distillery, yes, you guys were the first, correct? Yes, sir. So Alina is our guest from uh, uh, from Garrison Brothers. We are thrilled to have you, and I I want to first of all ask about your title because I often say on here I'm so still so frustrated with my high school guidance counselor who never told me that some of these never jobs said were available but I think you may have the coolest title of any guest we've had on the show so far because and correct me if I'm wrong about this but your official title is bourbon evangelist yes it for is Garrison that is a beautiful hallelujah <laughs> <laughs> we are in the house today and Garrison Brothers is in the house and and it's gonna be a wonderful service I promise you it's gonna be it's gonna be fantastic Ian will be providing the music and we'll uh, we'll be sampling some Garrison Brothers and it's uh, it'll be sort of like communion I think uh, a, a little bit like that. So, how did, it was that title? Was that your ideas, or uh, your idea, or somebody, somebody at Garrison Brothers thought that'd be a cool way to describe what you do? Um, yes, I can't take credit for that. We all at Garrison Brothers have very entertaining job titles. Um, I'm a bourbon evangelist. We have a bourbon crusader. Oh, I like um, that. Yeah, Dan's I, title is distillery quarterback. I like it. See? Um, it makes his sense. assistant, I'm pretty sure, is Dan's parole officer. That's good. Um, <laughs> so we all like have very it. colorful titles. Oh, I like it. That works for me. Well, um, I also should mention, and we found this out just before the show started, is, th- is that this is now kind of, Smoking to Toasting is all about bringing people together, you yes. know, around your love for these spirits and these craft beers and cigars, but we also place a high emphasis on family, and we've had a member of Alina's family on the show before. Uh, you remember, Bex, yeah. Yes. You remember uh, a month or so ago <laughs> when our buddy Docs from Plantation Rum came in, and mm-hmm. he brought Bex with him, and Bex is your sister. Yep. So is is it um, coincidence that both of you wound up being in the spirits business, or uh, did one of you kind of? Uh, you know, make the other one go, hey, I could do this too. We both kind of held each other's hands, I guess, going into this industry. I started out bartending, and I taught her how to bartend. Um, okay. She left that side of the bar first, and she went to go work for Republic. Mm-hmm. And I followed her to Republic, and then I went to Garrison Brothers, and she went to Pierre Ferrand, so we've just kind of both 
pegged our way and how through long the have industry. You been, how long have you been with Garrison Brothers? I have been with Garrison Brothers two and a half years now. So awesome. It had to be, I mean, there, there, there are a number of Texas whiskeys, there are a number of great ones, but Garrison Brothers almost stands out in terms of, uh, and not even talking about the quality of the juice, just how revered it is, yeah. both in Texas and even around the country. So was that... Did, were you aware of that, that the high esteem that Garrison Brothers kind of kind of had before you before you started there? Yes, I was. Um, it was in my portfolio at Republic. That's kind of okay. how I learned about it in the first right. place. So I was working with Dan hand in hand. We would do work withs and stuff like that. So I was very aware of the brand and what I was getting into. And when he said or when I heard that he was looking for somebody in the Houston market, <laughs> I just drove up to the distillery. I was like, I just want to let you know I'm very interested. Oh, I that's love this cool. product. Yeah. And he was like, you could have <laughs> sent me an email. Yeah. It's like, no, no I want to let you know. There's Here nothing quite like showing up in person. It's right. like, deal with me, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, uh, I, I always, I always actually get a little annoyed if I'm at like a store or waiting to be checked out or waiting to be helped somewhere, and I've been standing in line. I get to the front, and then right as they're about to help me, the phone rings, and they take the phone call. It's like, hey, I drove all the way over here and <laughs> stood in line for ten minutes. I'm here now. That person just called. They can wait. They can wait. Put them on hold. I'm here. I put in the effort, but it's kind of like that, uh, you know, with jobs too. If you show up, it kind of says, "Hey, you really should think about hiring me." That, that, and that's a certain level of commitment. Absolutely, that and, and commitment's important in a job like this. It is. Uh, um, it's it may be easier to be committed to Garrison Brothers than perhaps other jobs you could have, <laughs> but still, that's a that's that's a uh, that's a big deal. So your title would seem rather self-explanatory but other than you know bringing in whiskey for people like us to uh to sample and talk about what else what else does a bourbon evangelist do um so we're the sales team for garrison brothers <laughs> um but we like to say that we do a little bit more than that we go around and preach the good word of bourbon um like not it. only to bars and restaurants but to stores but to anything um trade events yeah. just people in general just, yeah it's kind it's, of more of a lifestyle rather than a job if right. you will like embrace the whole entire thing because garrison brothers we are a very big family and you kind of live breathe eat and sleep the how, brand if you will how many people work for garrison brothers would you say i want to say we're up to about 80 employees it's now. a lot of people wow. it's a lot That's of people awesome. yeah it really is and so we'll get back i want to ask you a little bit about how you guys have fared so far through the pandemic we'll come back to that a little bit uh but we really should uh, take care of a couple of items of business first is that we are brought to you by mycigarshirts.com it's an excellent site on the web where cigar lovers and people who buy gifts for them can go and get really cool snarky cigar shirts uh, uh, and snarky hoodies. cigar shirts. Yes, it's, try saying that several times. <laughs> snarky cigar shirts uh, and hoodies and, and uh, sweatshirts and all kinds of other things too. Um, they're uh, the t-shirts start at uh, under twenty bucks, which is pretty cool. Yep. So check them out, mycigarshirts.com. Proud sponsor, smoking and toasting, and we appreciate you supporting them uh, as well. Want to say thanks to Aaron Inkrot, the innovation manager for St. Arnold Brewery, who was our guest last week. That was a blast, and brought all kinds of yummy, yummy St. Arnold. Uh, I'm, you know, we're, you know, the show's heard around the country and around the world, but we're very proud to be from Houston, Texas, and to to be able to highlight some of our own from time to time, and that's that's always what it feels like when we have uh, St. Arnold on the show. It's mm -hmm. it's a it's a moment of pride for us because it's like and Texas this in is general, ours. yeah, absolutely. And you know, uh, Austin, I went to school in Austin, so um, while. 
at that point in time, it didn't have the you know craft beer and uh, and spirit offerings that it has now. It's really become a hotspot for Texas as well, and that's where Garrison Brothers is located, right in Austin. Uh, uh, we're in High Texas, about oh. an hour outside. Yeah, Austin. so I would like to point out that if we were in the Pacific Northwest, mm-hmm. that the distance from here to Garrison Brothers would be about three states. <laughs> yeah, I get, I get and we're us in Texas. We don't even think of that as oh, it's not that far yeah, away. I think it'd be, it's it'd what, be three more and a half three, hours from here. It'd be more than like three that. states. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we live in Houston, which is one of the only cities I know where you can get in the car, drive at regular speed for an hour, and still be in Houston. Yep. You know, you can drive straight across Houston and still be in it an hour later. Yeah, it's, as I, as I've stated before, there was an Onion article, I believe it was, that Houston is actually an hour from Houston. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I believe that to be true. I do, I do. So uh, we, we'll we'll get into uh, a little bit of uh, tasting of Garrison Brothers' wonderful products here in just a little bit. We're also going to be tasting, I think, some very interesting beers today. Ian, uh, we've had a really good run with pilsners and lagers on the show recently. We've had some that have just been absolutely terrific yes and we've noticed that craft brewers are paying a lot more attention to that particular i love that uh, trend i love that trend uh you know growing up and getting into uh craft beer and everything else uh that journey didn't involve loggers and um pilsners and beers like that because craft Brewers weren't doing it. They were more, and much the more only ones ales, available yeah. were basically the macro brews, macro brews, and occasionally you'd have a, you know, a pale ale or something like that, which mm-hmm. was which was pretty good. But I love that we're getting into those styles. Well, Oddside right is a great brewery in Grand Haven, Michigan. Uh, they are really well known for doing some very experimental and dank IPAs and and some with a name like Oddside. Oddside, yeah, you, they they do a lot more. Uh, I guess you would say slightly less mainstream styles in what they do. But today we'll be tasting something that looks to be very mainstream. Uh, it's an American lager called Beer Me. Beer Me, I love Beer that. Me. So uh, that's from Oddside. We'll also be tasting uh, a collaboration between Finback Brewery. And Untitled Art. Well, I don't think we've had Finback, but we've, no, had, we've had Untitled a number Art, of Untitled yeah. Arts, and they've been terrific. They have teamed up together to do an Oat Cream IPA. Oh, that sounds fun. Uh, they are both out of Wanucky, Wisconsin. So we'll be tasting that today. And then, <clears throat> I know you won't be excited about this at all. Probably Ian. not. Uh, from Monkless Belgian Ales. Oh, a, uh, can't stand it already. What a are you Belgian-style dark ale called Meet Your Maker. Oh, I'm uh, all about yeah, that. Yeah, okay, so that sounds sounds like where you're headed then. Good. Uh, plus, Garrison Brothers uh, Whiskey, there's a number of bottles here, which makes me very, very excited. Uh, we'll do drinking news today. Uh, today's drinking news teaser headline is, uh, oh yeah, you're going to distract me with music. Dude, where did I put the meth? So that'll be coming up in uh, drinking news later on in the show. And uh, as promised, we will be looking at a new uh, list from Cigar Aficionado of uh, great cigars for spring. Ten smokes to light up for spring. So we'll be uh, we'll be talking about that. Garrison Brothers uh, has gotten involved in a cigar project as well, a sort of a uh, collaboration, right? Yes. So we'll talk about that in a little bit as well. And I see a couple of cigars in front of I you. I believe there, the so. last time we had Garrison Brothers on the show, we were actually at a cigar lounge too. Well, I believe that, was, that may have been true. That yes. Was yes. I don't remember all of that show, uh, but uh, <laughs> that's but because I, they always bring so much whiskey. <laughs> yeah. But I do remember being at a cigar lounge at some point. Uh, speaking of cigars, Ian, do you have an opportunity to smoke anything? In Interesting I did. Week. I just got back from the Casa earlier. And, I love uh, that place. I walked in, was wandering around looking for something new, 
And uh, one of the gentlemen up there said, hey, have you smoked this? It was the CAO Arcana Mortal Coil. Doesn't really? that just sound awesome? It does. And, you know, I was like, you know, I, I've, I've actually been reviewing a few CAOs recently. Mm-hmm. And I look back, I was like, oh, it's been a month or two, so I'll do another CAO. I want to just pause for a moment and let people know that while Ian and I will often uh, get together about what beers we're bringing on the show or what spirit, if we don't have a spirit guest that's coming on, um, one thing we don't ever do is speak to each other about what cigar we're going to be Did mentioning. you do a CAO? I'll be talking about the CAO Arcana Mortal Coil today. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, we both got... Are you serious? Yeah, I'm totally. So, is what happened. Now, I bought mine at in the Humidor at Specs down uh, oh, on... Uh, funny. Uh, in Midtown. But, yes, we both... We both got drawn in by what was probably a display of something new, right? Yes, yes, yes. And and like I said, one of the gentlemen up there said, "Hey, have you tried this?" And I thought, "Hmm." Well, and and my first thought was, "I've done I've done a few CAOs recently." And 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 then the second and third thought that went through my head was, first off, um, CAO. I haven't been smoking a lot of CAOs in the last bunch of years because the the quality control got kind of weird. Well, and yeah, so CAO was uh started by Tim Osner and his father. It was a great boutique um cigar mm-hmm. company at a certain point and they uh, were a big part of yes. my beginning to Me love too. cigars. Me you know? too. That CAO uh, the CAO uh Maduro with the gold label was was a standard the, for me for a yeah, long time. Yeah, the MX2, mm-hmm, the, the MX, right. So at at a certain point they sold the company, General Cigar bought them. Yeah. And then as can sometimes happen when one of the larger companies buys a smaller boutique, the transition period resulted in you know, a little bit of a decline in quality that's, for the that's cigars. That's so PC. The quality right. control tanked. Okay, there you go. Um, and the cigars didn't smoke well, and the flavors on some of them were different, and they just. And so I dropped them, uh, you know, right. out of my uh, radar, so to speak. However, but recently, yeah, uh, one of my favorite, one of my go-to's right now is a CAO Bones. I absolutely love mm-hmm. that cigar. It's, a, cigar, it's a great yeah. cigar. It's not a very expensive cigar, um, and it's absolutely delicious. Um, and then the, the next thought that, that occurred to me is, okay, well, I guess it doesn't really matter that much if I've um, done a few CAO cigars recently, considering the amount of A.J. Fernandez cigars that you have reviewed I don't know what back to back to back. I, I don't know what you're back, talking about. To back. I don't know what you're talking about. Hey, look, is that uh, A.J. Fernandez right behind you? Yeah, uh, um, could, could <laughs> be. distracted just by and thinking. And I'm, I'm not even going to speak to whether or not the, you know, um, License plate on my car is AJF. I'm not going to even say anything about that. That's just, that's, just, that's coincidence. You're such a fanboy. Yeah, I am. Anyway, now all the all joking aside, I picked this up uh, on recommendation one of the gentlemen up there. This is a um, six and a half by fifty. I believe that makes it a Toro. Um, the Connecticut Broadleaf wrapper, the Connecticut binder, Honduran, uh, Nicaraguan, Dominican uh, mixture, and a filler, which is top secret or something like that. I yeah, guess that's something all I like could that. Find out. I have a little info on it, but I'll, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. I, you probably did more research than I did. I just kind of went, ah, it's like this. What's it um, taste like? Yeah, right. That's that's kind of where I was going. So I jotted those things down, and then uh, the appearance: medium brown, large black label with copper lettering, firm, leathery, with some veins, slightly lumpy. But it's very pretty, though. It is a pretty cigar. It is a little slightly lumpy, though. Uh, I used a clip. Um, I used a clip on it. it. Had a very light draw, so it was nice. Uh, I got savory spices, pepper, rich earth, leather, and a sweet tanginess on the lips. Mm-hmm. And that was before I lit it. <laughs> Blast of pepper. Uh, Dry earthiness, big savory kind of comfort food spices, like right off the bat on this. Um, 
Leather and a sweet, fruity undertone is what I kept getting from this. The first third, pepper settles down, uh, leaves kind of a prominent cedar flavor appears, followed by savory <coughs> spices and leather with a sweet, fruity undertone. The retrohale was uh, peppery and slightly sweet. Flaky ash fell right on me. <laughs> it wasn't even very long. It did, however, burn perfectly. Good to like, know. this thing burned great. The second third of this, uh, cedar dryness and pepper kind of dominate the palate at a medium strength overall. Underlying blueberry sweetness and a tangy leather kind of round out the profile. Flaky ash, nearly perfect burn. Also, one of the ashes fell on me again. Mm-hmm. My pants suffered from this one. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, if you're not a regular of the show, this is something that happens to Ian all the time. He, he's well, a, I try to let the ash hang a, on as long as I can. He's a fake tempter when it comes to cigar ash. And uh, he, he often often winds up on his Usually, shirt. though, when the first ash falls off, I've learned my lesson and I kind of yeah. get it. This, this one, though, had it out for me. Yeah. Uh, the last third of this, pepper ramps up, cedar and leather with a touch of coffee uh, sneaking in there. Underlying sweetness remained. I love the underlying sweetness of this cigar. Mm -hmm. It was absolutely delicious all the way through here. Uh, flaky ash, perfect burn on the end of this. Uh, price to quality, this is an $11 cigar. Yep. Uh, I give it a solid five, worth every single penny that you're paying for. I'm glad to see <clears throat> CAO is back with solid fantastic cigars it's back on my radar as like i'll try whatever they have coming out right now That's and i don't fantastic. know what's different about the yep. last year or so no, well but man clearly they've gone into the portfolio and said it's time to uh you know it's time to kind of lift these back up we've seen that happen with several brands yeah. that have been acquired you know gurkha comes to mind although they've still got a few issues but uh, I, I still haven't put gurkha back on my radar <clears throat> not, i just i see gurkha not, and i just pass right by that shop not, even though they have the coolest looking cigars yeah not on the regular labels, I, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Well, Ian, this week I had uh, something really unique and different. I had the CAO Arcana Mortal Coil cigar. Uh, you may have uh, you may have not heard of Speaking this, of but coil. yes, uh, um, <laughs> I thought the cigar was gorgeous. It was a little bit uh, bumpy, but it had a nice oily wrapper, and the yeah. the yeah. band was really cool. The, the way it wraps awesome around it, it was very different. Did you figure out how band. to take the band off? It took me a couple minutes. Did it? Well, actually, the band actually started to come off on its own towards the bottom as I smoked it, and so I just kind of slowly unraveled it. Yeah, so the band is just coiled on there. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> basically. The mortal coil. It All makes right. sense. So the mortal coil uses something called Dominican Andulo tobacco. While most tobacco so leaves are placed into large piles for the process, Andulo tobacco, they take and they wrap it up with palm tree pods into long rolls called yaguas. And after the leaves are harvested, they put them in these yaguas, and they bind them tightly with rope, and they root them into the ground. And this creates a densely packed log of tobacco uh, that is often known for delivering a concentrated and sometimes sweet flavor. Oh, well, I guess that's where the sweetness mm -hmm. came from, because, man. As, uh, as Ian mentioned, uh, there's also Honduran and Nic Nicaraguan tobacco in the cigar. Wrapper is Connecticut Broadleaf. For me, the pre-light was earthy and rich, uh, and I could already detect the pepper before I even you know lit it up. Uh, I used a punch, and I lit the mortal coil. Which sounds very much like a lyric from a death metal song, doesn't it? Yes. Lit the mortal coil. I need to like make that into yeah. a song. Uh, a nice blast of pepper and a distinct bready kind of flavor uh, at first. Uh, it did settle down pretty quickly. The pepper and some leather were the most distinct notes in the first third. But around the beginning of the second third, the cigar started to show its true colors and what I think was the Andulo Tobacco's kind of primary impact on the flavor. It developed this distinct 
what I call the hot and sweet characteristic. Um, I mean, hot in a good way. The overall strength of the mortal coil, I'd say, like, was it's medium. It's so hot right now. Yeah. Well, medium, maybe even medium bodied, but the pepper was very distinct. It left it, I know where you were going there. Uh, it left a very distinct uh, tingle on the tongue and the palate. Uh, what was different, though, was the presence of this distinct sweetness. And it's what you mentioned as well in your uh, review. It was almost like it was underneath. Yes. The pepper the and they underlying... work really well together. It made me think of something I would never buy, but like I think my wife buys this occasionally. That sort of pepper jelly that you can yeah, put on that's see both that. hot and sweet at the same mm -hmm. time. It was kind of it's kind of reminded me a little bit uh, of that. Not as sweet as that would be, but but kind of similar. Bit of chocolate and cocoa also evident in the flavor profile by the final third. A little bit of baking spice as well. I thought the uh, the construction was outstanding it even very quickly corrected a a slight crooked initial burn that was really just my fault because the way i lit it um but it corrected itself the ash held on for nearly a full inch before becoming confused and thinking that i was ian and falling directly on my shirt um made a beeline not the only made a beeline for my shirt it was like i was like it was almost one of those slow motion moments like no <laughs> Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, my basic take on the Arcana Mortal Coil is Just so that, you know, if I was there, I would have dived in front of you. And <laughs> I know you would have. I have a feeling you. If, if you were there, it would have like gone sideways <laughs> and hit your shirt instead of hitting mine. Uh, my basic take on the Arcana Mortal Coil is you should totally try yeah. this cigar. Uh, it was different, a different smoking experience, I think, thanks to that Andulo tobacco. And while I'm not sure if I wanted to... You know, start making this a regular in my humidor. It is a wonderful change of pace, and I will definitely smoke this again and kind of get a feel for how often I want this to be mm -hmm. part of my smoking stuff. Uh, $11 cigar, as Ian said. I felt it was worth every penny. Recommended thumbs up and price to quality of five. Solid five. Wow. So uh, so very interesting. We did get a lot of the same things. Yes. Uh, very interesting. Our price to quality scale, by the way, is something we do on the show where we um, basically have a scale of one to ten, but a five right in the middle means you got exactly what you paid for. So a five is a great rating, mm -hmm. particularly for a cigar that's, you know, north of nine or ten dollars. Uh, it You can smoke a great cigar $20 cigar, but it's going to be hard for it to get a six because that means it would have been worth more than $20, that's you right. know? And so, uh, so yeah. I, I, for Have you noticed, Ian, that the kind of Median range of cigars seems to be crawling up towards the ten dollar mark. Yes. Yeah. You know, it used to be more like eight, mm -hmm. and you'd find plenty at six, and now eight is like, oh, I found oh, an eight dollar cigar, $8. only eight dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then anyway, so all right, we have lots of Garrison Brothers to taste. He said. <laughs> as he became very excited. Um, and and so we're going to get to that uh, beginning in our second segment. Plus, we have some beers to taste and a lot to talk about today, including the fact that uh, the former master distiller of Jack Daniels is launching his own Kentucky whiskey, or Tennessee whiskey. Tennessee actually. whiskey. Yeah, so that'll be interesting. We'll tell you a little bit about that. And Drinking News is on the way, and we got quite a show. Alina is here, the cigar evangelist. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> the bourbon, bourbon evangelist. Oh, I'm sorry, did I say cigar? <laughs> yes. Uh, and I haven't even started drinking yet. Here we go. <laughs> Smoking and toasting. Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. We are heard 
around the world on uh, you know great sites like YouTube and uh, Apple and uh, Google Play, and uh, we're also uh, of course live on Facebook every Thursday at one ish sharp. And we have a great guest in the studio today. Alina is here. Uh, she is the bourbon evangelist from Garrison Brothers, and uh, Ian's ready to provide some quality sound effects for the show. Excellent. That's pretty good. Now that that can is a little dented, and you did an excellent <laughs> that, job of not getting quite that on yourself. Open. Oh, okay. Well, you can uh, you can massage that as we go. We'll uh, make it work. This is Oddsides Beer Me. It's an American lager. We'll be tasting that, and then uh, getting to our uh, our excitement uh, over having so many bottles of Garrison Brothers spread out across the uh, the tabletop here. This is this is going to be fantastic. So, um, this is. Um, that's my new pocket knife, by the way. How adorable this is, is that? Very <laughs> impressive. Yeah, you are the knife guy. You've got like the coolest knives ever. Yeah. I have I have one of those that has a corkscrew and a uh, you know a, a screwdriver and stuff in it. That's about all I have. You've got the cool stuff. Um, if if I'm I, ever... I come by it honestly, like my older brother only only ever carries Spiderco knives. If and then my younger brother has an entire case that he's got like cut out like places for all his like 35 knives in the zombie apocalypse i'm coming to your house because uh <laughs> you're the guy that'll be that'll be prepared you know uh, you'll be ready to to make the <laughs> to make the zombies go away we'll do we'll do what we can <laughs> oh here i'll pass this one over to adam you can pass that one to me thank you very much so this is a uh this is an american lager uh from odd side it's called beer me so it's got and, odd side uh, on there and then three uh Three hops below it, and mm-hmm. then uh, hop clusters, I guess you would call it. That's their, I think all their cans have that logo. It's got, for it's, got uh, uh, um, it's got trees and autumn looking stuff in the background and a, and a stag on it. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool looking. Not too much on the nose. It uh, smells a little like beer, but that's, that's not unusual for a, a lager. Classic American lager done right by a craft brewery. Your new go to beer for any occasion. Now, you just took a sip. How are you feeling about it? I'm this? digging it. It's, it's not. Like heavy uh, f- from a flavor standpoint, but it is crisp and refreshing, it's, and does not remind me of it, macro beer. It's um, it's got an apple, like mm-hmm. a sour apple, um, uh, uh, apple skin, almost. Yes, kind of right by the it. skin really of like, like a Granny Smith apple or something like mm-hmm. that. It's a, uh, it's it's super refreshing. Of course, this one's it nice and cold. Really good. Yeah, we're See, going for more. So I thought it's just. I thought it didn't give much on the nose, but uh, there's a little sweetness on the nose that happens uh, right off the bat that I got. It's not super fragrant. That sort of apple tartness does linger I on the palate a little that, bit though. afterwards. It's such yeah, a good. Like, it's a it's a sweet and yeah. tart uh, sort of uh, apple flavor. This is delicious. This this would be a wonderful addition to the beer fridge. I'm for it. This would be yeah. a go-to for me. Yeah, yeah. So. Digging it. Is digging this it. something you get around here? You can, as a matter of fact. Ooh, I, uh, there might I think, be a I think trip this, on my way home. I think this one may have actually been purchased at HEB. So, oh, <laughs> so pretty better. exciting. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> directly yeah, affect no, sales. I, in, in fact, I was in specs yesterday and saw a whole bunch of the different odd side uh, beers. Yeah, I remember seeing there. them. I can't remember where all I've uh, seen them. Yeah, this will be. This is great. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to pick up some of this. So once again, you know, of all of the pilsners and lagers, and we've had one, I think we've had one on the show almost every week for, um, you know, for quite a while now, dating back into, you know, the latter part of last year. And I'm really impressed at how many of them are outstanding. Aren't you? I mean, you know what yeah, I mean? Because I'm super cause happy like you were it. Like you were saying, this is not an area that craft beer was was really emphasizing for quite a while. Now, and now everybody seems to be coming up with the perfect lager. In the last year and a lager. half-ish... 
You know, do, do we count 2020 as a year? Do we even think about you know, that as a year? I, I'm, no. I'm almost thinking no. Yeah. Right. I'm almost thinking. <laughs> it's, it's hardly not there, It's right? like a phantom year, it's you know? It's like a phantom year. Yeah. You know, like when someone has lost a limb, but they can still feel it there, they call that a phantom <laughs> right. limb. Uh, that's that's kind of, I think 2020 was have, the lost year. phantom itches from 2020. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't really exist. It was exist. a phantom year. Pretty, pretty sure that's the case. Uh, well, very impressive. Oddside, big thumbs up for that. That's a, that's a very... Very I want to keep drinking. American I'm going to set it aside. I want to try it when it's a little warmer because okay. that is super cold. You just brought that yes, in like super, super cold. Uh, you know me. I love my beer cold. Yep. I love my beer cold. And I love my uh, whiskey neat. So as we... Uh, oh, we just gave Chris Hart a plug. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Hart, our buddy, does a show uh, called Whiskey Neat. It's very good. It's particularly good if you like uh, to listen to people sitting in a studio for like an hour and having really fascinating conversations while they drink whiskey that none of you will ever be able to find get, or buy yes. anywhere uh, because <laughs> it's so uh, it's so unusual and rare. Uh, we love to give uh, Chris a hard time, but he also is essentially our resident whiskey expert. Are you for familiar with Chris Hart? I am. Yeah, right. so, everybody knows Chris yeah, Hart. Everybody knows Chris Hart. Yeah. <laughs> everybody. <laughs> it's kind of like everybody knows Raymond or no, always <laughs> loves Raymond. Uh, anyway, uh, Chris, is, Chris is awesome and a regular guest on our show as well. And his show is called Whiskey Neat, so check it out if you're into, uh, into whiskey. We're into whiskey and Alina has poured us a uh, a first taste here so let's talk garrison brothers what are we trying first here Alina? so the first one that we're going to try is our 2021 small batch bourbon Ooh. um you're lead, leading with the small batch yes this is our flagship product kind of our baby if you will okay um every year we put out a different vintage of our small batch so each year we are a um, sweet mash bourbon instead of a sour mash so each year it's going to kind of have its own little characteristics its own little flavor profile this has a little bit of a tobacco-y kind of smell kind of does it doesn't it on the nose yes really like so it. so this being your flagship product it's that's it's i think a really daring thing for your flagship product to change every year i mean it, it may be the same name but it's it's the the juice that's inside is going to be a little bit different every year. I think that's daring and awesome. It is different every single year. We are starting to get a little bit more consistent as we grow up. It is really fun <laughs> to go back and try the small batch from you know, 2015, 2016, um, and try it now compared to the 2021. The flavor characteristics are very different. But moving forward, like the 2019, 2020, and 2021 are very similar, only small different notes that pretty much are fanatics, I mm -hmm. guess, yeah. if you would, right. um, really taste. But it gives its own character, gives it a personality. Speaking of fanatics, Ian, what's your take? I love how um, oily and sweet this is. It just spreads across the palate. And keeps going. Oily in like the best way. Yes. It, just, it just has this wonderful consistency. When your whiskey has a little bit of oil to it, you can bit. see it cling to the glass a little bit. When your whiskey has a little bit of that oil to it, it really just spreads across the palate in like mm -hmm. wonderful and awesome ways. All right, let's let's see this bottle so people know what this bottle looks like. All right, very good. So this is the the black wax top. I don't know if I'm holding this to the right camera. It's a camera small or not. batch right on that. Is that a pewter band? Uh, yeah, well, it's a pewter. Yes, looks like a, a pewter-ish band. I don't know if it's actual pewter or, or made to look looks like Looks like it's pewter, actually but, metal from here. Uh, but, it is actually metal. Uh, nice. So, Ian, take a, take a quick look at that. But that's uh, that's what the bottle looks like. This is uh, this is just as, as like, hits you right where you want it to hit you as possible. What is the uh, retail price likely to be? For a bottle of your uh, small batch, about eighty dollars. Okay, so that that makes sense, 
and and it's well worth it at that price point because it's got it's got enough of a uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Ian? Enough of a a sort of an exclusive uh, vibe to it. it it's it, it it's tastes, got it, a complexity to it. Yes, yeah. like there's a little bit of uh, maple syrup almost in there. There's that great um, almost a almost a dry uh, mineral water kind of thing going mm -hmm. uh, towards the back of the palate. It has this this slightly. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Right at the beginning, like right when you first take a sip, it has this great vanilla note mm -hmm. that's and <clears throat> almost a floral thing going on. It just yes. hits your palate and then just follows through with this little uh, little bit of heat, um, just enough to let you know you're drinking whiskey, and then flows through with that maple syrup kind of finish and then that mineral water. And a little touch of corn in corn, there as well. Corn, that's yeah. probably that thing that I was thinking of right up front. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which you'd think, you know, we're talking about whiskey that might be on the front of my brain. <laughs> well, but. you would think so, but but it's almost, it's, I almost get a sense of like a yellow or a white corn. I'm not necessarily great at distinguishing corn flavors and colors, but... Uh, Say, I'll hit the nail right on the head, because okay. we are 74% number one white corn, 15% okay. um, red winter wheat, and 11% one row barley. And our water source is obviously coming from the hill country, so it's that limestone filtered water that's horrible for your pipes and, and horrible for your coffee maker, and wonderful but wonderful for, for the whiskey. Exactly. <laughs> so, tell me, uh, how much of uh, what goes into Garrison Brothers are you able to source in Texas? 100%. So it's 100% Texas grain to glass. Yes, sir. That's fantastic. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with. You know, with the resources from other states, but it's it's something I think to be proud of when you've got the big Texas star, you know, so prominent on your whiskey, yes. and that's a part of what you're you're celebrating in in how you market it. It's great to know that you're able to source it all locally, and and you know, I'm for that. Whether you're in Texas or somewhere else, if you can source, if you're making whiskey in Tennessee and you source everything in Tennessee, I think that's awesome. You know, uh, it it <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> Plus, as Texans, you know, we're very, very proud of yeah. where we come uh, from. So, a couple things. There's a picture on the inside of this dongle. Um, is that uh, is that all employees, or is that just a bunch of people hanging out there? I see. Uh, so, those are actually our bottle volunteers. Bottle volunteers. So gotcha. All, all of our bottles are filled, dipped, and packaged by volunteers. Yes, sir. I'm just, I just oh. wanted to volunteer. <laughs> uh, you can count me in for that. So uh, in ooh, order ooh, to do me. that, you just sign up at our website. It's actually done on a raffle system. We have about 20,000 people on our wait list right now. Um, if your name gets selected, you, <laughs> you pull over on the highway and reply to that email automatically because the spots fill up very quickly. Right. Um, it's two days out at the ranch, and you we feed you breakfast, we feed you lunch. You get a quality control shot every 30 minutes because got to make sure what's going in the bottle is perfect every time. Shot. I love it. I love it. That's great. Oh, you, guys, wow. you guys know your volunteers. Yeah. Yes, we do. <laughs> and you make so, your volunteers very happy. Serving suggestion. Like wine, uh, fine bourbon gets better when exposed to oxygen. Let it breathe before adding ice or water. So mm -hmm. a couple things about that. One is don't be shy about adding ice or water to whatever you're drinking, be mm -hmm. it whiskey, be it scotch, be it whatever mm -hmm. it doesn't matter it's it's fine put if a piece you of ice in a glass of way. rum even you know just you know, uh, people who are snobby and say oh my gosh i wouldn't ruin a whiskey by adding that those people have no idea what they're doing right okay. well <laughs> as you've mentioned before it allows you to do a couple of things first of all it allows you to taste how the temperature 
changes what you're detecting in the whiskey. Yes. And then as that ice melts, you are uh, it's a, you know the same effect as having put a little bit of water in it and uh, allowing it to open up some of the flavors. It, it has a storage suggestion here, and I like to think that this is. Probably a little bit Texas centric because you know if you live in Delaware, it's probably not as much of an issue. But it says never leave a bottle in your truck on a hot day, and of course we're assuming that you're driving a truck because again, you're Texas. Texas yes, you know. I mean, well, uh, of course I do drive a truck. But you, you mentioned earlier that you mentioned earlier that Texans are more state proud than other places, yeah. and I can confirm that because I've lived all over the country, and the only thing that's even close. Is California, but they've got so many things to have to worry about there that it that it dulls that a little. But n- at no time when I was in Massachusetts, is it true when you live in California, you have to have an avocado in your pocket at all times. That's uh, <laughs> it, it's it's a really uh, lesser known law from Calif- state law from California. Yes, you have to have an avocado yes. on your belt because yes. that's the style for the when time. if you get pulled over by a highway patrolman. Uh, or or a cop, he says, license, (laughs) registration, and avocado, please. Uh, Finishing this, it says, never leave a bottle in your truck on a hot day. Hot bourbon expands. Despite the wax, the cork will leave the bottle and make one hell of a mess. Oh, yeah. Garrison Brothers Distiller. I love that. And try explaining that to the cop. No, sir, I have not been drinking. My I left my whiskey bottle. I left my bottle of Garrison Brothers in the truck, and it kind of exploded on me. Uh, Have you been drinking, sir? No, but it smells good, doesn't it? <laughs> that has definitely happened to yeah. me before. Uh, I believe oh, it. Yeah. I believe it. Well, yeah, there, it, it is true, though. When I lived in Massachusetts, there's no, like, nobody knows the Massachusetts state song or flower or any. The, there's no, that, people aren't walking, uh, driving around with, I'm from Massachusetts stickers on <laughs> that. That is a very proud and classy looking bottle. It uh, really is, yes. That see, makes, each makes bottle, the sense. band, and the star is going to have. Uh, individual designs that are unique to that specific mark. So if you see in the star and the band of that, it kind of has the corn stalks for the small batch bourbon. And as we go uh, through, yeah. you'll see the different ones in each mm-hmm. of the let's different expressions. Let's put that up close here. So we... Yeah. It's just, it's just a very classy, good-looking good bottle. I think yeah. Docs wants to say hi. Oh! Docs! <laughs> the man, the myth, the you legend. Could, you could put him on speaker if you want. We'll talk to Docs. He's, uh, he's, he's a regular. <laughs> we'll see if he calls back. Okay. Is he calling? Docs, if you're if you're listening, call her back. We'll uh, we'll uh, put you on speaker and put you back on the show. He's like, why aren't you talking about rum? Why aren't you talking about, why aren't you talking about cognac? <laughs> Uh, well, uh, this this is just exceptional. Not that we expected anything else, but th- but this is your flagship product. Yes, sir. So this is the one. If we're you know, looking for it, probably the easiest to find in stores of all of your of all of your products. Correct? Yes, sir. Okay, is that Docs? It is Docs. All right, let him know he's on speaker oh. and he's on on the air. Where did he go? <laughs> he hung up. Uh, well, maybe he figured out. Maybe he's like, oh, I don't want to be back on that show again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. Um, so this is the easiest one to find in in stores, correct? Yes. Okay. This is so. the one that you're going to see most prominently um, in bars and restaurants and in retail stores. Um, we do have three products in our core expressions now that are very readily available, available all the time compared to some of our more limited allocated stuff mm-hmm. that we can get into later. But yes, this is the first baby. This well, is the this OG, is, if you will. It's as good as it gets. It, it really is. It's a it's a fantastic uh, the original experience. Garrison. And, and you know what? I, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. That. Yeah. Very nice. You know, um, one thing we didn't talk about is 
where the whiskey hug appears, and it's kind of a it's kind of a double. You get it right in the middle. There's, yeah, there's a when snap you're tasting of it in it, the middle, and then there's this long delayed kind of very gentle creeps back up on you and wraps its whiskey arms around you whiskey hug after you've like uh, from behind in a yeah, very familiar kind of way <laughs> yes yeah, very familiar it's a and, little creepy and, but it's a little slightly awkward yes absolutely <laughs> alright I tell you what we're going to take a break and enjoy this whiskey hug uh, we'll be back with more uh, uh, with more Garrison Brothers and of course uh, Drinking News is still on the way plus we want to get into this list soon uh, Cigar Aficionado's 10 Smokes to Light Up Spring and we want to find out about you guys uh, teaming up also with a uh, uh, with a cigar company to do something special. Payne Mason, is that right? Is yes, sir. Who you teamed up with uh, for this cigar? So, want to find out more about that? It's smoking and toasting. We will be right back. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting, and we are on show number 230. We're all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars, and we are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. Great shirts on the web for cigar lovers. MyCigarShirts.com because... Cigars. Yes. Ian, this, this is probably the greatest testament that I could give to this Garrison Brothers whiskey. We just had a pour of this, um, you know, basically their flagship product, the... Uh, uh, the first one we've tasted here on the show. The OG, can, if you will. You can see all these bottles and realize that we're going to be tasting more. And yet, during the break, I kept sneaking back over <laughs> for just another show. It's not like I'm not going to have whiskey. You know what I'm saying? So so the fact that I'm going back for this it speaks a lot to how absolutely delicious You have and to have a control. This is what, what she referred to as the OG in their mm-hmm. lineup. So you have to make sure you have this firmly ensconced in your palate so you can taste the differences in the other ones. Right. So with that as control, Alana, where are we going next here? Next, we're going to go to our honeydew bourbon. Honeydew bourbon. This is okay. our newest expression. Oh, um, and uh, with you the can see the uh, yellow-colored... Uh, yep, yep. Very nice. Very nice. Oh, so, I love the little say, bees and everything. Hold on. Let me put that right up here. Yeah. So first and foremost, this is honey-infused, not honey-flavored. It is still a true bourbon. We didn't just dump a bunch of honey into a batch that came out a little funky or anything like that. Just for understanding, the difference between infusion and flavoring, flavoring would be like what you said. If you took the bourbon, basically poured honey into it and mixed it up. Right. For infusion, how does it get the honey? So our master distiller... He, what he did is he filled up a barrel full of Burleson, Texas wildflower honey from Waxahachie, Texas, okay. and he let that wood absorb all of that honey. Um, after that, he took that barrel, he chopped that barrel into little two-inch cubes. Little cubes He or put stage, those right? little cubes into a giant tea bag that he made out of cheesecloth, <laughs> and then he soaked that tea bag into our small batch bourbon for seven months. Seven months, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I was wondering how long it would take I believe that's when you called do it that way. steeping. Uh, yeah, steeping. steeping yes. Yeah, but bourbon uh, honey infused does sound cooler than honey steeped. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> does this does this start off as the same distillate? Yes, it does. So same juice to begin with, and then different treatment. Mm-hmm. So all of our products are actually the starting from the same juice. They're all going to have the same mash bill, go through the same fermentation and distillation process. So it's when it gets into the aging, it starts yes. starts exactly starts the same, the same way. way. Mm-hmm. Well, this is fascinating because what the honey does is it. For my palate, at least, it kind of mellows it out a little bit, gives it a little bit of um, just kind of an inherent uh, sweetness. 
makes the um, I talked about the fact that there was that whiskey hug in the middle before. It kind of tamps that down a little it, bit, it but you get it on the end. It moves slightly back to the end, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's not that thick, viscous consistency that you get from some honey whiskeys. It's truly, truly a bourbon, um, and you just kind of get that kiss of honey on the back end. Right. It's not a honeyed whiskey. Right. It's something that has, has been steeped, as Ian said, in those uh, honey-drenched pieces of barrel wood. And it really, it really does offer a, you know, a much more delicate when you know that uh, it's, thing. Right? When you know that it's honey, you can find the honey in there if you're looking. But it's just something different, and it's it's nice, and it's got kind of a mellow flavor. It also tamps down a little of that bright corn flavor that we got in the last uh, whiskey. Mm-hmm. Right, you don't get as much of that. I think is that what you're saying? And you know, the retro hail has the honey. Yeah, that's just that just happened. You know. Uh, what you're what you're describing with the honey is similar. We talk a lot about you know to to mention docs again, um, the plantation um, pineapple rum, yes, uh, which is a, a go to at my house. We always have it there, uh, but it isn't a pineapple flavored rum, and it, it's kind of like right. impacted by the pineapple uh, staves and stuff in the same way that this is impacted by the honey. Uh, it just gives it a. A smoothness. A t- I know you're not supposed to say smooth when it comes to when it comes to a, a spirit, but it just gives it this wonderful sort of mellow, welcoming quality that so, is really great. So the dongle on this bottle, which is different, has this beautiful mixed drink picture on the inside. It says "Nancy, do you love me?" And it's a uh, it's a cocktail recipe. Oh, nice! I see. I bet this would be great for cocktails because it's got such a a, a sort of a welcoming vibe to it. it. It just feels like it would mix with almost anything. Definitely. And this one is actually eighty proof compared to the flagship small batch that comes out at ninety four proof. So it's a little bit lighter, um, more of like a spring summer sipper for me. Right. And the thing about Nancy is this is actually Dan's wife's bourbon. Ah. So when okay. he first started the distillery, she gave him permission as long as he could figure out a way to make her a true honey bourbon. Mm-hmm. Um, took him a while. That's why the <laughs> name was... is Honeydew because right. he checked it off of his Honeydew yeah, list. Honey honey do list. list. Yeah, nice. yeah. Well, you know, listen, life is good. When your honey do list is create me a bourbon that's kind <laughs> of like that this. bourbon. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, okay. When that's your honey do list, it's like okay, life uh, life is good. Well, well that's this a step is above mow the lawn. Is <laughs> this <laughs> exactly? Is this something that's in the same price range as the regular? Is it a little more? Um, it is actually line price priced with the small batch bourbon. Uh, okay, so it's around eighty dollars uh, depending on where you buy it. Right? Yes, sir. Wow, that's that's spectacular. That's it oddly really satisfying. Is. It re- uh, oddly satisfying is a great way to say it. Great way to say it. Okay, you know it, it's tough for me. Like when I see, uh, I know I know we got to take a break here. But it's tough for me when I see something that says "honey" on it to grab that untried off the shelf. But no, this is really really good. No, you're 100 percent right about that. Sometimes that is actually a little off-putting to me. You know, I'm you always know, afraid of know. like getting like the one too... that you see on the billboard, the honey one that you right. see on the billboard. Yeah, it's... yeah, mm, yeah. And we've all had something honey at one point or another that was just like. Yeah, that comes yeah. across like yeah. That comes across more like, "Honey, we need to talk," yeah. rather than <laughs> rather than, "Honey, make me a bourbon." <laughs> yeah. Well, this is outstanding. I, I absolutely love this, and I think uh, this is when I think that my wife would really enjoy it too. And she's, you know, she's more of a rum and tequila person, uh-huh. but she will drink, you know, whiskey with me occasionally. This is one I think she would really love. So, uh, so fantastic. All right, we will take a break. We'll be back. There's more uh, bourbon to taste and uh, more beer to taste as well, and we're creeping ever so 
closer to drinking news, so I know you're excited, Ian. <laughs> um, uh, so we'll be back. We'll take a look at our comments Bruce and stuff, Stark too. Bruce Stark says... <laughs> I'll let the music fade and we'll All talk right. about it in between. Players a little off on that song. <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, no, it's got okay. great tone. Yeah, okay, all right. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. Show number two hundred and thirty. We are halfway to three hundred and loving life because uh, Garrison Brothers is in the house with us today. And uh, as I uh, mentioned during the break to to Ian, I said, okay, in this segment we're going to have to do two whiskeys and a beer. Can you Be- handle that? Before we get to that, yeah, Bruce Stark. Uh, 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 talking about the honey whiskey he said my mom used to give me honey and whiskey when i was sick didn't cure me but i quit bothering her (laughs) (laughs) Uh, oh old school remedy yes that's absolutely right uh let me run through these uh, cigars real quick before we do our tasting and you can open and pour the beers while i do that uh cigar aficionado has released oh that was nice were we recording? Uh, you know, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cigar aficionado uh, often does, uh, you know, when it becomes springtime, people are headed back outside. It's a little more uh, weather-friendly to smoke cigars. They'll often put out a list of suggested cigars for spring. And they're generally cigars that have that have rated really highly in their publications over the previous uh, several months. <clears throat> so with that in mind, these all scored a 91 or higher in Cigar Aficionado over the past several months and are recommended by the publication for spring. Uh, the first one is <clears throat> the Rocky Patel ALR 2nd Edition 60. It's a Nicaraguan cigar, uh, the only grande on the list, and it scored a 91 points. It, it's absolutely beautiful. I have had the ALR, but I don't think I've had the ALR 2nd Edition 60. Did you uh, review one of those? You know, I, I think I reviewed mm-hmm. the second edition, actually. I can look it up super okay. quick while you're talking, but right. uh, I'll I feel move to like the, I have. I'll move to the next one here, the La Aroma de Cuba Mi Amor Robusto. It scored 92 points, Nicaraguan tobacco, uh, with a dark Mexican wrapper made at the My Father Cigar Factory in Esteli, and uh, it's budget-friendly. It's only a $7.50 cigar. So. Uh, the answer Very is nice. yes. I really liked it. I gave it a five. It oh, had nice. a one-hour smoke time. It was delicious. Very good. The high Claire Castle Victorian. I'm completely unfamiliar with this cigar. It is a Nicaraguan cigar. Uh, it scored 92 points and was the number 21 cigar on their list of the best cigars of the year for 2020. So uh, that did really, really well. Uh, the Picardo Classico Toro, uh, Ace Prime's Luciano Mariales Mar- Mar- has been producing some excellent smokes recently, and they named this one. Um, as one of them. Um, it has tobacco from four different regions of Nicaragua, including Ometepe, which is the volcanic island, which produces some really killer tobacco. So 93 points for the Picardo, P-I-C-H-A-R-D-O, Classico Toro. That may be one you have to look a little harder for. Right. Uh, so uh, so that's good. The Matilde Quad. Quadrata Torpedo. It's easy is, for you to say. Yeah, Matilde Quadrata Torpedo. I won't try it a third time. Uh, scored 93 points. It's a Dominican cigar with an Ecuadorian uh, wrapper and Dominican and Nicaraguan tobacco, medium to full. Uh, they say that the malty qualities call to mind a freshly poured stout beer. An nice. exceptional cigar from a smaller brand. The H. Upman 50 scored 93 points. Uh, it is... Uh, Rich and luxurious with layers of honey and ginger snap 
cookie. It's also a Cuban cigar. So uh, good luck finding one of those that's actually real. Uh, the Ipicarillo La Historia E3. Uh, it scored 93 points. It's a Dominican cigar, but a mixed country blend of uh, tobacco. And as we all know, the La Historia is no stranger to high scores. And back in 2014, it landed number two of the year. So I'm, I'm a little bit of an EPC fan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, Cohiba Medio Siglo. It's a Cuban cigar uh, that comes in a tube. It's a short, like a, it looks like one of the EP Carrillo Inch uh, cigars. Mm -hmm. uh, but it is a, a 93 point scorer. And it's a Cuban cigar. The Juan Lopez Punto 55 Exclusivo Francia. Also a Cuban cigar, and I'm completely unfamiliar with this. It is apparently only sold in France, but worth seeking out. So you might find that. Uh, you might look for that if you're, uh, you know, if you're one of those people that hunts down cigars on the internet. Uh, it it could be worth it. So a number of Cubans, which is unusual because we haven't seen as many Cubans in the your big list over the last right, several right. Uh, years. So that's uh, that's that's pretty interesting stuff. But uh, there you go. You can find the whole article and see pictures of most of these cigars so you know what you're looking for uh, on the CigarAficionado.com uh, website. So check it out. Um, so we're going beer first. Uh, this is from uh, I'm a untitled big, art. I'm a big fan of Untitled Art. I re I only discovered this this brewery last year. This is and the Finback. I'm a huge huge fan. So uh, this is worth telling again, even though I've mentioned this before on the show. I was buying like one of those little can four packs of Untitled Art, something new that I saw at Specs. Mm -hmm. They were, uh, uh, I just was like, okay, we'll try this on the show. It sounds delicious. I think it was that Bananas Foster thing that we tried. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I was, uh, I was checking it out, and the guy checking me out at Specs went, what's this? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, it's from Untitled Art. I, it's, I just saw it for the first time. He goes, can you hang on a second? And he got on the, the uh, phone and called someone to go set him aside a four pack of that. That's how big a fan he was of Untitled <laughs> Art, and he was seeing this for the first time. Not this particular one, but one of their products. So they're they're getting to the place where they're getting sort of an AJ Fernandez style devoted fanboy following as a brewery. And this they did in cooperation collaboration with Finback. So. Uh, reading from the can, it says Oat Cream IPA version 2. So apparently there was a uh, first one. Uh, New England IPA with Citra Mosaic, uh, WAI Waidi, and Galaxy Hops. Okay. Uh, Brewed and Can, Untitled Art, and Finback uh, Brewery, uh, Wakani, Wisconsin. Artwork according to the Surgeon General. Women should not drink alcoholic <laughs> beverages during pregnancy. Well, you get the rest, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I feel I feel like the same guy writes all of these. Yeah, yeah. They do seem to be plagiarizing <laughs> each other a little bit, don't they? Um, so, have you tasted this yet? I have. What do you think about this? Well, I really dig it. It's a really different twist on the IPA it, because that oat flavor. When when they call it an oat, what is it? An oat IPA? Is, is that what oat this? cream IPA? Oat cream. Well, that's that's a very Distinctly correct uh, way to, to to say it. I mean, you get almost an oat cream flavor, and I feel like it marries really I, I well. I feel like I feel like this tastes like uh, I steeped my um, my uh, hazy IPA mm -hmm. in oatmeal. Yeah, with like with like like what, a, a bag it, of oatmeal in a, yeah. a, a, a tea bag, right? Yes. You know, I'll point out that's the second time we've used steeped on the show today. Yes. That may be a, yes, that may be, a that may be a record. Now we need to find a way to tie it back to uh, Doc's. 
Yes, if we could tie it back Somehow. to Dobson in some way. Well, you know, you know, you know what it tastes like? It tastes like I steeped my hazy IPA in oatmeal while sitting in one of the restaurants at Disneyland. There you there, go. We did it. We tied it back to Dobson. <laughs> we did it. Uh, I, I think this is spectacular. This and I'll be honest. This is so incredibly interesting. Mm-hmm. I will tell you that the, uh, the hop snap on the finish of this yeah. is more like a little bit of a burnt cookie. Mm-hmm. Like as weird as that sounds, like in a great way, right? Because it's not piney. It's not no, not at all. Even really harsh, but it is a little bit like, and it's sweet. There's a little sweetness to the end of it. There is. So it's like a little burnt cookie kind of flavor. You know, like you ever get a cookie that's got just a little edge that's overdone. Yes, it's kind of like that on the finish. And I will be honest with you, as somebody that buys and tries a lot of different IPAs, I don't know if I would have tried. Something that's called oat cream IPA. I've never had an IPA like this. If it wasn't from a brewery that I know and love, like Untitled Art. Yeah, Untitled Art is just. Uh, I mean, they, these guys do so well that, that it's worth trying whatever they put out there. But just when you say that, it doesn't. It doesn't sound as appetizing to me as it actually winds up being when you drink the it. Artwork it's on fantastic. here is done by Heather Hailstones, and that is a, a very. Cool looking can. Obviously, I'm untitled assuming arts, uh, that the can artwork is, is actually is untitled. Deal. Yeah, I'm I'm assuming, but you never or know. Or maybe you know. Well, I, I, odds against the I name. think this is delicious. It's extremely drinkable. Like for a for a larger. Does it say what the? Uh, I would um, have to drink four or seven more of these to really come up with a good opinion. That, I think that can be arranged. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> I know where we can get these. Uh, does it say what the uh, um, what the uh, ABV is on this? I don't see uh, any ABV, anything's on there. Mm-hmm. Oh, it does, seven percent. Mm-hmm. So bigger than you'd think. Yeah, but it's but that's in a that's in a pretty good range for a hazy IPA. It's it's fairly normal. Well, I think it's delicious. I, I so oat I'd, cream IPA was such a weird thing. Like, who would have thought that like an oatmeal cookie and an I and a juicy IPA would be would go together? <laughs> right. I know. Like I said, if if I'd just seen that and it was from a different brewery, I don't know if I would have bought it. And it does have. A little creamier mouthfeel to it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look any less. Looks uh, kind of like your standard hazy. Right? Yeah, yeah, it doesn't look any more um, viscous than normal, but it has that mouthfeel. Well, it's a little different. I emptied my cup, so that'll tell you something about my. Uh, I can fix my that reaction for you, sir. to it. That's a. Uh, that's a. Wo- I'm a problem uh, solver. Let me just tell you, I, I can't say enough about you know. There's there's a handful of breweries that. I just have wound up liking every single thing I've had. Parish Brewing out of Broussard, Louisiana. Um, uh, these guys, Untitled Art. Uh, the guys in San Francisco at Bear Bottle. Uh, it's just one of those. There's some of those breweries that are just everything we've tried has been outstanding. Anna, are you a beer fan? I am. What's your go-to? Um, I really like the things coming from 512. Oh, oh yeah. 512 is got Yeah, they have I got a, a bomber at the house of the 512 Porter barrel aged. They're I'm just waiting to like drop the sometime. 512 pecan porter may be one of the best porters yeah, ever it's made. Pretty, it's that good. beer is so good. Agreed. Oh man, fantastic. All right. Good. We have common ground. I like it. Well, we we already had common <laughs> ground. We already had common if ground the because whiskey of, wasn't of, of the whiskey. Yeah. So speaking of whiskey, let's move to uh Garrison Brothers. This uh first one that you you poured us two for this segment. One's a little lighter in color. That's the one oh, we'll go you. to uh first. Yes. Uh so what are we uh what are we sampling here? So these are going to be both single barrel bourbons. Um, okay. The first one that you have is going to be a 94 proof. 
Okay. Um, when we sell them into the wild, we sell them in six packs. And in that six pack, it's coming from six individual single barrels. So each bottle that you get in that six pack is going to taste a little bit different from the last one. Interesting. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Well, it's you a know, lot of fun. It's, it's, somebody was saying this uh, earlier that I was reading about beer, and I think the same is beginning to apply to a lot of spirits as well, that the consumer's palate has changed. The consumer isn't looking for the same all the time. They're looking for something that they know they can count on the quality and for something to be in their wheelhouse, but they want something a little different. So I think this is I think it's brilliant that you that you do it this way because that's where people's heads are right now. It's and a where conversation people, piece. And where people's palates are. Absolutely. And if you think about that, to me, and everybody's different, but I don't drink spirits or beers just to enjoy them. It's part of it's part of being social. You know? It's most fun when you're sharing it with someone and and talking about it. Here in Texas, we have many Tex Mex restaurants. Mm-hmm. And One you'll of the great find things about this state. As yes, you'll find as you go to different ones around town, you'll find that some of them have the best salsa. Absolutely. And you'll find <laughs> if you go to your favorite Tex Mex that has the best salsa, you'll find it's not the same every day. That's a very but good it's point. Always but it's really always good. really good. That's a and really that's good okay. analogy. That's a really good analogy. And I love that. That that to me, like you're not gonna find that if you go to a chain. You're not gonna find that if you go to um you know, uh, if you go to Chili's and get their right. salsa, right? It's going to be or fajitas. If or you whatever. like it, it's going to be the same every time, right? But you're right. At- There's never variation. I thrive. I love the variation. I love when I taste something that's been made by hand, that's different, mm-hmm. even a little bit every time. The nice thing about it is, you go to something like this. You sell it in a six pack. Every one of them's different. They're going to be at least this good, right? You may go. You know what? I like bottle number three. That's mm-hmm. my favorite. Yeah. It doesn't mean that bottles number one, two, four, five, and six sucked. It yeah. just means number yeah. three was that much more to your palate. Well, That's this, awesome. This is my favorite of everything we've tasted so far today. This just, this one is this unusual. Just a sweet on the spot for me. Yeah, it has a very unusual finish, but it has got nice, um, nice maple uh, vanilla uh, notes to it on on raw the... sugar. Mm-hmm. There's a like a uh, turbinado sugar mm-hmm. kind of thing going on on the very end of this that that none of the other ones have exhibited that. Have you ever taken one of those packets they have in restaurants of sugar in the raw and just like poured it on that's, your tongue? That's turbinado sugar. <laughs> yeah, that's what yeah, I'm talking about. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, I was just, <laughs> just going to say because it's not as enjoyable as you might think. Okay. But, I, but I do love I it. I don't like, often think, you know, I should just pour this sugar yeah, in my mouth. No, well, you know, it's what happens when you... Or somewhere and you're drinking and somebody dares you to do something. I, I can't I, imagine. I won't go into it, but uh, my point is, <laughs> there was though, a there was a hold my beer and watch this moment. <laughs> that's absolutely right. Uh, that's absolutely right. But uh, but no, the reality is that even though um, that isn't necessarily a wonderful experience, I do love the way that that sugar works as a sweetener in you know iced tea or or whatever you're. Well, that's a very distinctive sweetness, and right. it's not as sweet. As like our white mm-hmm. granulated mm-hmm. sugar, you know, processed sugar it doesn't feel as processed either. Right, right. It's it's a much more organic kind of feel. This is fantastic. I mean, really, just fantastic. can we see the bottle on this again? Of course. All right. So this is one of one. Now, is there? I love the different color. Uh, 
yes. wax so on everything. So is there a color coding? <laughs> I got that the honey uh, uh, infused was yellow. Is But is there a meaning to each color, or do you just kind of choose a color to go with a particular uh, product or line? Um, I know for Balmeray and Honeydew, those have kind of stories behind those. For the single barrel and the small batch, I'm not necessarily sure if there is a story behind oh, it. This is the gray, my friends, and it's good. Mm, mm, mm. And uh, what, what's your take on this versus the others we've had so far? Do you have a favorite? Yeah. It's, it's unique. As, as far as favorites go at this point, mm. I, this is good. This is good. I can't wait to see what we have All right, so you're, coming you're, up next. You're withholding I'm, I'm withholding my favorites at the moment. I love the original, the OG, as she called it, the original Garrison. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so now we're, now we're going to move to the, the second one that you poured. Is this also the uh, gray uh, wax? Yes. Okay. So, so this one is a single barrel as well, but this one is cast strength, and this one was hand-selected. Mm -hmm. So when you see our cast strength ones out in the wild, they typically be been selected from our single barrel process, which we allow people to come out to the ranch. We pretty much give them a drill and a tasting glass and let them go wild and try as many barrels <laughs> as they want until they find the one that is right for them. And then they can put whatever label they want on the front. So you see this one was selected by the Katie I mean, Bourbon Mafia. That yeah. sounds like fun. Yeah, it certainly does. I it's love, a blast. I love that your terminology where you say you release release them into the wild. <laughs> I love that. With a drill and a tasting <laughs> yeah, yeah, glass. Yeah. So Katie Bourbon Mafia is obviously a group of bourbon aficionados that... Uh, that got to select a particular barrel? Is that what happened? Yes. Okay. They actually selected two, and the restaurant that we were at doing the pick, because this was during COVID, so they couldn't come out to the ranch, um, selected one as well. Um, I would say each one is going to be at a different proof, so this one came out to 122.5. Um, I think we tasted about wanna, seven barrels, and they fell in love. Point, I, I don't know if the yeah. camera's pointed at you or at me, but I want to point out the difference in color on this. Mm -hmm. This is this is what we just tried a moment ago. Mm -hmm. And then and here this, is, yeah. Is much darker, much deeper, and, and more. And let me tell you, much more red in there. It is wildly different from the last one, just, just wildly different. Excellent, both of them. It's different on the nose. It's got a spicy. Mm -hmm. And you're going to get way more intense of a whiskey hug, but you're also going to get a really different flavor profile too. Okay, favorites start right here. <laughs> <laughs> See, me personally, I'm a cast strength person myself. I typically lean towards the cast or sing or cast strength single barrels. Um, and this one, the flavor profile that they got from it the most was raisin. What's the proof so on this one? It 122.5. Yeah, so as big as that is, it barely has uh, the uh, bite. Or the heat happen until almost after you swallow. It's, it's do you have crazy. any of your IPA left? I do. Go back to that after a drink of that. Tell me what you think. It changes the nose on it substantially. Mm -hmm. It adds. That's a, interesting. It, it it makes it more boozy. It does, and it makes it a little sweeter, like a like, yeah. like the oatmeal cookie kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You sort of lose the burnt cookie thing you were talking about, and and it's more like a soft, sweet oatmeal cookie. Yeah, you actually can't <laughs> taste the aftertaste on the IPA mm -hmm. after that because I think the uh, the whiskey has Cause, well, it's one hundred and twenty two point <laughs> five proof. So the whiskey has uh, taken the aftertaste market. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, you know. Oh, it. and going back to it, you get a lot of vanilla. Yes, 
Whoa, that big time vanilla. Yeah, a lot of vanilla right out, right off the bat. It's no. always fascinating to me to go back and forth between a really really good beer and something like this, this has twenty two. This has a little bit of a powdered sugar kind of finish to it mm -hmm. as well. It's very interesting, especially once you've had the beer first. Yes. Yeah. Fascinating. The retro hail after you uh, sip this whiskey is just outstanding. Mm. It has Boy. it has this real warm brown sugary kind of like like almost a gingerbready kind of thing going on. It's getting harder and harder to pick a favorite here. Mm. No, I'm here. This is this is my favorite. Uh, this, so far. Uh, not hard for you. Okay. All right. Let's take a break. When we come back, it's time for drinking news. We have one more beer. It's a Belgian uh, beer. It is. I think you're gonna like this, uh, Ian. Mungus Belgian Ales. Meet your maker. Belgian style. Dark ale. Plus, we have uh, two more whiskeys to taste. What What's still on the uh, docket for us from Garrison Brothers? Um, Balmeray and Laguna Madre. I love Balmeray. Well, those are both uh, wonderfully enticing names, and we'll get to them and talk about them coming up. It is Smoking and Toasting. We'll be right back. It's smoking and toasting. Wow. I just love shows like today because, like, so far all the beers have been amazing and all of the whiskey has been just exceptional. So, and there's more to come. Are you doing? I, I'm just I'm just giving you background. Oh, I, you're trying to distract me is what you're trying You know that distraction. <laughs> I stop and start, my brain starts focusing on the music and go, See, I what, can't is, underscore, what is he playing? I can't underscore what you're saying, which would be so effective for the audience, you know? Right, right. Because it just distracts you. Well, my brain starts going, what is he playing? And then I start thinking about that, and I lose all track of whatever it was I was trying to say. Uh, we are uh, we are smoking and toasting uh, program number 230. We are halfway to 300. And um, so, Ian, I guess the big question is, are we going to do the lost 200th episode, you know, once we can get everybody back together and everybody's vaccinated and we can do that? type of big celebration thing or do we want to just wait till 300 i love the look of concentration in your eyes. Why, why is that see uh, i spent most of my career as uh, as a radio dj like like i'm used to talking me, over music this should not distract <laughs> me but at least then i knew what song i was talking over you I know the, well I'm just, and i'm just making it up you right know? And, <laughs> and that that's what's messing with my brain i'm like i know that um, no i don't know that. so okay. the the lost 200th i think it's 200th and exile and that might have to be you know maybe what we do if, if we ended up pushing it back to 300 where are we at right now 230 now nah, we got time to do 200 we're just going to do 200 this year and 300 next year. All right, fair enough. Yeah. Like I think that's gotta, that's just the way it's going to be. We, we have to do 200 in exile. So, Alina, when we did our 100th show, we invited everyone who'd ever been a guest on the program at that point. And of course, not everybody can make it. it but was we had epic. we had what what 20 plus people there. And we did it out on this balcony at my building downtown, and we had this huge table, and we basically just passed the mic and bottles and cigars around, and it was it was epic. The it party really did not stop nor yeah. start at the exact time of the actual aired episode. Yeah, but the aired episode was in a neighborhood of four hours. <laughs> nice. Was... And we had this great big table where uh, where uh, me and Cruz were sitting at one end. And there were mics around the table, and so people just kept getting up, and someone else would sit down and start talking, and like it just kept going around and around. It was absolutely, 
absolutely a blast. Uh, Are y'all going to have a 300th? Yeah. Well, we didn't get well, to have 200. We're working on 200 <laughs> because it was during during the pandemic, and gotcha. we couldn't get everybody. It was together. during the year, which so shall thinking, not be named. We're thinking, yeah, the the Phantom Limb year. Uh, yeah. So we're thinking <laughs> we're thinking we'll do the uh, the 200th show at some the 200th in exile, as Ian's calling it, at some point during this. Um, uh, during, during this, this year, year. Yes, later and this then year, maybe 300 would wind up being next year so it should be fun we also uh, didn't get to do the whiskey sniff last year i know and uh, we got to start talking about that we've, but since 2020 didn't actually exist we're not really skipping a year exactly it's just like the year that wasn't yes yeah so we are talking by the way about teaming up with uh, chris hart and alan denny and the guys over at the houston whiskey social and doing the whiskey sniff in coordination with those guys which would be awesome. That would be amazing. Yeah. So, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. In the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Ian Barry on the ukulele to usher in our drinking news. Drinking news. Drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Drinking news. Drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When I asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. And a gentle reminder. Cheers, y'all. A gentle reminder that drinking news is a segment on the program where we uh, offer up a, uh, a news story that we believe, to the best of our knowledge, to be true. Uh, but I've got a story and I swear it's true. Exactly. So now it's time for drinking news. news. <laughs> exactly. So we we do our best to uh, scout out and make sure these stories are real and actually true. They did appear at some point in publication. They you were printed. That? They were nothing printed. printed would be a lie. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> and you can find every bit of accurate information you need on the internet. Remember That's that. Right. Uh, Wikipedia is always right. Always accurate. <laughs> uh, uh, so, uh, so all of that said, there are stories that are sometimes, but not always, about drinking, but are always best enjoyed when you've been drinking. And now it's time for drinking news. Two Florida men learned the hard way that sometimes it's good to label things clearly and sometimes hmm, not so much. Florida authorities pulled over Ian Simmons and Joshua Reinhardt, both 34 years old, in Santa Rosa County after a trooper clocked them going 95 miles per hour on Interstate 10 in the panhandle of Florida. That's according to the Florida Highway Patrol arrest report. The trooper determined that Reinhardt was the subject of an active warrant for a violation of probation, so he requested backup. So he's riding dirty. Yeah. A Santa Rosa County Sheriff's deputy arrived to assist, complete with a canine unit, and authorities found approximately 75 grams of methamphetamine, 1.36 kilograms of the date rape drug GHB, a gram of cocaine, three and a half grams of fentanyl. Man, they're going in a couple 15, different directions there. <laughs> 15 MDMA tablets God. and various bits of drug paraphernalia, according to AP reports. Both men were taken into custody and taken to jail. The officer said they didn't have much trouble locating the contraband. Since Simmons and Reinhardt had stored them in a bag that was labeled bag full of drugs. <laughs> <laughs> the deputies posted on Facebook, hey, 
Hey, they get points for accuracy, right? <laughs> accuracy, honesty. Uh, bag de- full of drugs. Yeah, oh, it does say actually exactly bag. what it says. Like that's, it's printed on there. That's, like, from the, that's not like scrawled handwriting. That's from the actual bust, yes. Um, okay, so so I, I want to pause for a sec because you know what happened, right? Yeah. You know they were in one of those crappy, like, uh, crappy uh, tourist trap places, yeah, right? exactly. That has... All you know, every one of those places has all the same stuff. I'm right? sure they were in the they were in the Panhandle, so they're probably in Panama City. Right, right. Yeah. So they have all the same stuff, and they're in there. And like one of them has this bag full of drugs thing, and the guy was like, "Oh, that's hilarious. We should get that." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know that happened. You know well, you know what happened. they say: only users lose drugs, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, the deputies, by the way, posted about the whole thing on Facebook and said, "By the way, our canines can read." <laughs> Thanks to the uh, two Florida men, the uh, canines. In case their noses were confused. Yeah, yeah. The, thanks to the two Florida men, the canines weren't even needed in this particular case. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is your drinking news. Drinking news. That was time for drinking news. Drinking news. Drinking news. That was time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. Uh, okay, so uh, a good drink of news today. Thank you, Internet. You never let me down. <laughs> uh, it's it's time to do some tasting. We got a lot to taste in this segment, so we're going. You can go ahead and open a beer, and we'll go ahead and pour these. Uh, uh, the next the next whiskey pour. Now I passed. You know mine she's already ahead of you. Should right? I have not done that? Oh no, you should. Uh, okay, so. Um, uh, I don't know what we're ta- we're going to taste your last two, right? Yes. Okay. Oh, oh, this isn't the. Which one is this? So I think this you is may the already uh, this is the Belmar. Okay, yeah. I passed mine on to Adam, so uh, so I think I still need mine. So, uh, in the meantime, Ian, I, I heard you that. You know, cork when come you out. have to take the wire cap mm-hmm. and a cork off the top of a beer bottle, you have something that's that's going to be that's special. Is what special. you're thinking? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm, anticipation. If it if it needed anticipation, yeah. If it needed the wire cap, that's always a that's always a uh, sign that there might be something slightly active. Ooh. That was good. That was a decent pop. So it's a sign that there might be something slightly active in there. It's not a very resonant pop, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the bottle's pretty full. Mm-hmm. So I assume there wasn't a lot of room to get a good throaty mm. pop out of that. So this is Monkless. Uh, these guys, I, I love that name, by the way, for a, uh, for a brewery. Monkless Belgian Ales. Uh, it's a Belgian-style dark there in Bend, Oregon, and this is the Meet Your Maker Belgian-style dark. When you put Belgian-style on a beer, that's almost an always, I want to grab that. <laughs> it's almost like saying, Ian, <laughs> Ian, <laughs> You know how Find people me. say it was calling my name? Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh there's a country song out right now called Cold Beer Calling My Name. I think it's Luke Combs. Uh, I haven't heard the song, but I love the title. There's not a whole lot. Not a whole lot on it. It's got the sweet, sweet, fruity thing going on. But it's not super fragrant. No, but wait till you taste it, my friend. Let's see. Monkless Belgian Ales from Bend, Oregon. <clears throat> you know, up there in, uh, in the... Meet your make- oh, wow. Up oh, there my in goodness. the Portland and Bend area, there are some... Pretty serious craft breweries doing some pretty serious things. These guys essentially specialize in Belgian ales. Meet That's your maker, pretty much all they Belgian do. style dark ale. He's tall, dark, and strong at nine percent ABV with depth of flavor and soul. Not lying on this one. Yeah. Um, Meet your maker, our flagship, an epiphany beer for the brave who seek it. 
The flavor shines through as dark fruit and caramel with a bit of chocolate and coffee and aromas of raisins and dates. A Belgian-style dark ale to enjoy slowly. Uh, 9%. Enjoy in a snifter. Did you say an epiphany for the brave? That's a great line. Epiphany beer for the brave. An epiphany beer for the brave. You seek it. That's a, that almost sounds like a like a movie slogan or something. You know epiphany I mean? beer for the brave. Uh, you seek it. I, I like it. So... Ian, this is really your wheelhouse here. You're the expert in this uh, in this style. I think. Tell me, tell me how this ranks for you. I don't know if I consider myself an expert, but I will tell you, um, I do try to be as experienced as possible, and I practice my art mm-hmm. as much as possible. This is absolutely delicious. It's uh, it's fruity, like crazy fruity. It's got the dark date and raisin yes. backbone to it. It's a little more carbonated than I was expecting, and oftentimes I don't like that in this style of beer, but in this particular case, I think it works. It uh, It is more carbonated than I would expect. I would actually, I'm going to pour myself some more and try this a little bit warmer, but I'm going to drink mm-hmm. some more before I do that. Um, <laughs> of course you it's, are. <laughs> it's this beautiful kind of brown color. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, and it's sticky. It's sticky yeah. sweet. In a like beautiful a, and wonderful way. Like a sticky bun. Like that kind of sticky sweet. Yeah, it's you know? the right kind of sticky sweet. Yeah. It's like, you know, I like I have an aversion to getting sticky stuff on my hands. that drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm the same way. <laughs> right? But this one is one I wouldn't mind, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, right, right. Absolutely. Uh, I, I think it's delicious. It really, it's... You know, uh, on second sniff, like now that it's in my palate and everything, you really smell the raisiny kind of things right off the top. Given the taste, what it tastes like. I would have expected it to be a little more boozy than it actually is, but it's not. I mean, it's you said it's what nine percent, nine percent. So I think the the high uh, the high carbonation kind of kind of slicks kinda, over the top of that yeah. a little bit. Mm-hmm. The carbonation, the bubbles are real small. It doesn't feel big and annoying. You know, it's a, I don't feel like I just popped open a Zima, <laughs> right? Um, do we all remember Zima, or am I, I just do. aging no, myself? No, I remember Zima. They made a comeback a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah. I know. I remember that. I remember yeah. seeing it on the shelf and going, if what you, the heck? If you can call five minutes a comeback, yes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Don't call it a comeback, because it wasn't. <laughs> right. Uh, but no, you're right. It did reappear. And, and honestly, it has reappeared everywhere. It's called hard seltzer. But there's people a, just yeah. attack it There's a beautiful <laughs> bitterness to the uh, malt flavor on here, too. Yes, there is. It, like, malt, it, a lot of times, is... Uh, Big and round and a little chocolatey and stuff. Mm-hmm. This has it's different here. Yeah. yeah, this is a little different. It's more bitter, uh, bitter chocolate. If any chocolate, it's more bitter chocolate. And there's a great little, um, almost honey, sugary snap to the beginning of the flavor on this. It's, it's really, really delicious. Yeah, really delicious. And and like I said, not quite as boozy as I was expecting. And it does leave a little honey in the uh, in the retro hail as well. Mm-hmm. All right, so. Let's take a pause from the Monkless and try our next uh, Garrison Brothers. And this one is which, did you say? So this one is our Balmeray. Okay, Balmeray. So explain. This was my favorite last time. Okay. (laughs) So this one is our double oaked. Um, We actually won double gold in the San Francisco Spirits competition for this one. It is coming out to 115 proof. Um, it's going to spend four years in the first new American oak barrel. Mm. We take it out, let it breathe for a little bit, and then put it wow. into the second new American oak barrel for two more years. So this one is going to be a six-year-old. Um, you can tell just by the color that it's definitely got those rich flavors to it. We call this one mm-hmm. our bourbon candy because <clears throat> you get those heavy notes of chocolate and vanilla yes. and kind of caramel yeah. to it. It's definitely the oak. 
this is one of those things that is straight up whiskey to me. Mm-hmm. Like this, but is, it's just what's a good example though. of whiskey? You slap this bottle down. Right, this is what whiskey's supposed to be. This is this is yeah, where absolutely. It is. So Balmeray is um, what in in terms of retail price? What's a bottle like this go for? About hundred and fifty dollars. Okay, so so you're getting. You used into... to only sell it in the smaller bottles. Yes. Right, and now now it's coming out in the seven fifty mils, right? Right. The first year we released it, it was in a three seven five, um, and that and it was, was eighty dollars at three seven five. Yeah, yes, I remember it was. that. All right. So what? Tell me again. What's done to this that makes this so exceptional? It's it's oak. Yes, it's going to hang out in two new American oak barrels instead of just the one. Okay. So it's double oaked. So double oak. So it goes from one barrel and then it it rests there and then it goes into another barrel. Yes. Is there a difference between the barrels other than the age or youth of them? Nope. They're both going to be brand new. So every barrel is going to be completely different, just kind of like humans. Adds, Everyone has its own yeah. personality. But it adds that dry, oaky astringency to the mm-hmm. end of the palate. I would, I would guess that the longer the, the bourbon rests in the oak, the more the oak absorbs the bourbon and the less of its own characteristics it's you know putting into the bourbon so that would be the reason for moving it to a quote-unquote fresh barrel right and our master distiller just wanted to find out a way to make our expensive bourbon even more expensive <laughs> that makes sense <laughs> but well it makes but but it gives it such a wonderful i picture him standing yep. there thinking to himself well this is oaky but you know what's better than oaky? More oakier. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I, I get it. But at what point, like, so here's my question. Is he now tasting this and going, this is more oakier. But you know what's better than more oakier? Even more oakier. Like, will this now go into <laughs> another process? Yeah. <laughs> I can't say no, but... Nothing's in the work Dan, right let now. Us know. <laughs> yeah, come on. So um, show us this bottle. Let's this make sure we know what this looks like. Yeah, this is really terrific. And what's the uh, proof on this? This is 115? 115. Wow. That's- There's a spice that it leaves in the aftertaste, too, that's very interesting on the back of the tongue. Mm-hmm. What is the, uh, that's 57.5%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, this is pretty big. In Balmeray, it's actually named after Balmeray State Park, which is in West Texas, near Pecos, Texas. Um, and this kind of goes into our 501c3 good bourbon for a good cause. Um, $5 from every bottle that we sell of that, we donate to Texas Parks and Wildlife to help Very rebuild cool. uh, Balmeray State Park. Um, Dan's actually hired um, scientists, landscapers, engineers and stuff to have a 100-year plan to help rebuild the state park and nice. just give back to Texas as much as possible. And in case you're looking for this on the internet, Balmore is spelled B-A-L-M-O-R-H-E-A. This also, is, this it a has beautiful the bottle. blue Yeah, uh, and, and you wax. notice how the blue actually is picked up in yeah, the uh, in, in the, the pewter band there? Look at the... Um, so they're blue bonnets. Oh, uh, the blue bonnets in the, in the mm-hmm. star and the blue bonnets around the band. That is just... Now that's Texas. Yes. <laughs> that, that really is a beautiful bottle of whiskey. If you've never, if you're listening to this and you're outside of Texas and you've never driven through Texas in blue bonnet season, it is breathtaking. You will come around a corner or over a hill or over, well, in, in southeast Texas, you'll come over an overpass, um, which we call a hill. But uh, it's absolutely <laughs> breathtaking because you will see fields with blue bonnets just randomly growing. Mm-hmm. It's like, it, the only thing I can liken it to is if you've ever taken the, um, 
If you've ever taken the, uh, uh, what's the, uh, Oh, I'm blank. Where you see all the uh, the trees changing colors and everything like oh, that. Oh, you talking about leaf peeping in uh, yeah, in, like the, in New but England. But there's the uh, goes through Kentucky and all that. What's the name of that road? Um. I, anyway, I'll, I'll make no up Appalachian Trail. No matter. Uh-huh. Um. But if if you ever seen you know just the beautiful picturesque of all the leaves changing color, that's Texas version of that blue bonnet. Everything just turns into this blue bonnet thing. Love it. Yeah. Love and it. then the Indian paintbrush shows up right afterwards, by the way, yeah. which is also, which is also awesome. Yeah, yes. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I did I drove we drove out to my mom's a uh, couple of uh, a couple of weekends ago and just the amount of blue bonnet you would see yeah. just in the open fields. Yeah, this is the season wonderful. right now. By the way, there. stayed at a uh, Airbnb in Shiner and I was all excited cuz I wanted to go to the Shiner brewery and they were closed. I was so bummed. They're not open on the weekends. I I, I was so How crazy is bummed. that? Yeah, I didn't know. I yeah. should have done my research. I didn't. I've, I've made that mistake. I was bummed. <laughs> I was really bummed. Weekends. I was. I was so excited. I did the Shiner. I did the Shiner ride quite a few years ago, probably about ten years ago, where uh, the Shiner Bash ride, which <laughs> yeah. is a hundred miles basically on my bicycle. Um, and when I got there, I was like, it ends like right at the Shiner Brewery, and you get beer. No, the brewery is closed. Oh man! Yeah. <laughs> but you end up in a field outside in in Shiner, Texas. Yeah. And uh, and they give you beer. It was nice, but it wasn't the same. It wasn't the you same do thing. ride through the parking lot to get there, though. It's a that's a great facility. I will <laughs> say, as I viewed it from the outside, yeah, for motivation for <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, I exactly. Want to go to Come on, did get beer at the end of the ride, but it was in a, in a fairground kind of. So, thing. what is the last thing this we're tasting so here from brother. Garrison Brothers? So, the last one that we're tasting is our Laguna Madre. Um, and now, this one I will point out came in this very special cylinder. This is yeah. serious, like big yeah. ass heavy so acrylic. We're, we're you expecting can put a shark in here and not worry about it coming we're out. We're expecting big things uh, from uh, from something. Of course, that that's what they said in Jaws like too. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, this is beautiful. Here. You're gonna need a bigger boat. You're gonna um, need a bigger boat. Uh, so, I forgot about that. so what is this one that we're that we're trying, and why is it in a uh, glass encased or a, a, a plexiglass encased? Heavy acrylic. Uh, yeah. So this is the oldest bourbon that we have put out so far. This one is going to be eight years old. This one is also double oaked, but instead of two new American oak barrels, it's going to spend four years in a new American oak barrel. And the second barrel that it goes into for four years is going to be a French limousine oak barrel. So the one that we just tried, the Balmeray, that was in those oak barrels for how long? Six years total. So okay. four years in the first one, two years in the second one. And this one is? Eight years total. Okay, so it's an extra But this is a years. single barrel, right? Pardon? Or did you say it was a single barrel that it's in? No. No. And so we're going to take it out of that first barrel, um, the first new American oak barrel, dump that all together, um, kind of give it oxygen, and then put them in different French oak okay. barrels. I don't know where my brain was. I know where, <laughs> I know where mine is. Ding, ding, ding. We have a winner. Look at how dark this is, too. Yeah. Yeah. It really... But wait till you taste this. Have you tasted it? I haven't tasted it. Say, so in this smells. one, we released last year at the distillery. We had planned to release it into the wild last year, but when COVID came around, we kind of swerved and Made we started... distillery only? Yeah. Right. Um, to donate to a program that we started called Operation Crush COVID 19com um, When you... In order to get this bottle, you had to donate $1,000 to our 501c3 Good Bourbon for a Good Cause. And with that $1,000, you got a bottle of Laguna Madre, you got a bottle of the Honeydew, a bottle of the Small Batch, and something from our gift shop of your choice. Um, all that money we donated to out-of-work bartenders and service is, industry yeah, people to help out. That is so cool because one of the things that has been most unfortunate about the uh, 
about the pandemic. And we haven't really talked too much about how you guys you know got through it from a uh, from a distillery standpoint. But one of the things that's so difficult about it is the number of, I mean, there's. There's nobody you love more in the service industry than your favorite bartender. I just want to point out, this tastes like cinnamon cookies. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's just wonderful. But the fact that you guys are helping those, because there was nothing they could do. Right. There was no way for them to work if uh, if people couldn't come into the With bars and dark restaurants. Dark chocolate. Yeah. Okay. So this is just fantastic. I'm sorry. Keep so, going. I'm just going to keep uh, interjecting. Uh, it, it's okay. Please do. Uh, what else you got? So that French oak really brings out those vanilla bean kind of mm, yeah. flavors to it. There's, I mean, the vanilla is there, but I'm, I almost uh, feel like I'm sorry for for being uh, for being uh, uh, Captain Obvious. I think that the 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 vanilla at this point is very obvious. It's been throughout all of them, so this mm -hmm. definitely has that vanilla. But it, it is more pronounced, I think. In but this, this is a cinnamon others. cookie with dark chocolate, like what do you call the little? Mm. Chips, dark chocolate chips. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic! Like just, all the way through there. Honestly, how, it's, how it's do you more. describe this? If you were going to describe what this tastes like, how would you describe? Am I way far off the mark? No, She's you're 100 like, percent no, like on the mark. I would say to me, I can tell people cinnamon toast crunch cereal. Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I say it's very rich. It's kind of like that first piece of that decadent chocolate cake that you eat after dinner. It's like you've already had your savory and your salty and everything like that. And then you dive in for that first piece of chocolate cake and just the way it encodes your mouth and the richness of it. That's what the Laguna Madre reminds me of. It's that sweetness. It's very rich, but very bold at the same time. <clears throat> kind of has those bitter, like dark chocolate flavors to it. That definitely strong vanilla to it. So I realize you didn't release this into the wild. You instead did the really cool thing to support you know, restaurant and bar workers, and you made it available if people made the $1,000 donation, but they all got this and a number of other things. You made it feel good bragging rights, and that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> if you had released this out to retail, give me a general idea what this would have sold for. Oh, well, we are releasing it into retail this year, and okay. it's going to be probably around the $299 price range. Uh, you know, I'm just going to say, I don't know of a, of a $299, $300 spirit you could buy that would top this i really it's don't pretty amazing yeah it's really really terrific and it's a total of eight years of aging can you even imagine what additional aging could do to this well yes yes <laughs> yes i'm gonna say um uh -oh. our angel share is so much foreshadowing, foreshadowing <laughs> well, i'm say people ask all the time like is there going to be a 12 year old garrison brothers is there going to be you know 10 year old the answer to that is really no, because our angel share each year is about fifteen percent compared to in mm. Kentucky, where it's you know. Is that a lot because lower. the uh, so, the weather is so hundred like, percent up and down? Like because it is really like yeah, here, Texas, Texas and Kentucky here weather in Texas, are very and this is right. no joke, and especially uh, to Central Texas, like where you guys are located, the weather can be you know thirty to forty degrees, uh, forty degrees in the morning. And 85 degrees in the afternoon, and then drop again. Like, it can do that mm -hmm. for weeks out of the year. You well, we've know, had a, similar things happening in the past several months. Yeah, you know? and that happened, and that the effect on the, the barrels that that has, that has to just like. Right. It's like. It's like weather shock, you yes. know? Yeah, it really is. So we're able well, to accomplish in four years what they can in other states in about 12 because our liquid is always interacting with the barrel. That, yeah. It doesn't get the break, if you will, during the fall season and right. the winter season. It's that's constantly the, interacting. The, good news. the bad news right. is because the we don't share, have right? fall yes. and winter. 
Right. Yeah, it's we just do, hot, hot, we do super have hot. hot and kind of cold. No, we do. You may remember uh, in uh, I want to say it was November third, twenty twenty. That was fall. Oh. <laughs> the, oh, oh! When I walked outside in a t-shirt and went, man, I'm not sweating right now. Exactly. That was fall. You may remember. And the next day was winter. Right. Because I had to walk out with a jacket. Right. On. Exactly. And uh, and that's the way, that's the way that it works here in uh, in in Texas. Um, well, I got to tell you, Melinda, this is absolutely fantastic. I mean, everything has been so good. I mean, Garrison Brothers, obviously, you guys deserve the reputation that you have because of the quality. Earned. Yeah. Earned. Earned. It. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Earned Thank because you. of the quality of the product. But this is just, all of these have been exceptional. And I'm really glad we stepped through them in the in the order that we did, because I think that uh, made, made the most sense. Ian, d- does this get your obvious favorite, or are you? No. No? No. Nope. I mean, that's the delicious. Everything's delicious. My favorite is still the second. Um, the the Balmoran. No, no. The castring no. single barrel? The, the castring single barrel. Interesting. Okay. Absolutely. Oh, this is my. I actually, right when you were saying that, I went back to that one and tried it and went, yeah, that's still. That's this is still my, my high ABV friend. This is who this man is. It's, uh, that's that's what he's all about. <laughs> all right. Love it. So we got to have a, break. a favorite in the lineup? Um, I mean, I'm not supposed to pick favorites amongst my children, oh. but I'm going to have to say the Balmeray. Yeah, uh, the gotcha. Balmeray was good. my favorite before, awfully and it's good. quite good, but I think I really like that. Uh, do I have to choose? Give me yeah. a moment, and we'll be back to wrap up the show. <laughs> it's Smoking and Toast, and thank you guys so much for uh, hanging with us today. All right, I am going to have to run to the restroom. All right, we've only got hold. one more short segment. I'm trying to hold it. All right. <laughs> All right, go, go, go. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. It's show number 230. Those and we are, are brought to you by uh, MyCigarShirts.com. Check them out on the web. They are a supporter of us. So we ask you to be a supporter of them. MyCigarShirts.com because cigars. cigars you know the yes. shirts are like super soft and awesome to wear. Oh, too. they are. And they're and they're wonderfully snarky, too, with great cigar sayings on them. So uh, they're definitely worth checking out. Speaking of cigars, uh, Alana, we haven't had a chance to ask you about this yet. But you uh, actually brought along to even show us here, yes. uh, a, a cigar project the Garrison Brothers has gotten involved in, and this is with uh, Payne Mason cigars, right? Yes. So, um, so how what how did this come about? Obviously, this is about pairing cigars with your uh, whiskey, but um, so it's actually our sales manager in California. His name is Cole. <clears throat> he kind of had the idea, and he got the partnership with Payne Mason and they've been working on it for about a year. We just released them a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago. Um, we have four different varietals and then the last one that y'all have in front of you is actually infused with our small so this batch is bourbon. Infused with bourbon, this cigar, yeah. It is. And I'm not gonna lie, I don't know much about cigars, but um, what I was told is some other brands have come out with um, bourbon infused and they put the li- liquid actually in the tobacco and they didn't last for very long or kind of had more of a, like a rancid flavor to them. Um, ours are not done like that. They're more barrel infused, so they're okay, actually yeah. aged in our barrel. Right. Yeah, so this been, is like the Camacho barrel aged in some there's, of those Yeah, there's cigars. been some yeah. great, uh, great success with putting them in the barrel and aging them in the right. barrel. And, and allowing those. the tobacco to be kind of infused by uh, the wood from the barrel. Yeah, no, it's absolutely right. And my understanding, by the way, is that... Um, this line of cigars you guys have released, there's an infused version, and then there are other cigars that are not infused, but they are basically designed to be paired 
with a particular bourbon from your line. So yes. one's designed to be paired with the Honeydew and one with the Balmoray and so, and so on, right? So the Toro Golden is to be paired with the Honeydew Bourbon. Uh, the Toro Barber is to be paired with the Single Barrel Bourbon. Mm -hmm. uh, the Toro Maduro is to be paired with the Balmoray and then the torpedo that you'll have is to be paired with the small batch bourbon. Nice, nice, nice. Well, this is very exciting. Um, so, uh, what uh, was this? Just the idea of, of one of the members of your distilling staff? Is that right? That and we were looking for another way to contribute to our five hundred one c three good bourbon for a good cause, and this was another idea that they had for that. So every time you purchase one of these cigars, a portion of it goes to our 501c3 to help with veterans, to uh, donate to Texas state parks, and to help pay for health insurance for our service industry workers. So Garrison Brothers is such a Texas thing, but what is your reach like outside of the state of Texas? Is this something that's important to the company? Very, and growing very, very rapidly. We mm -hmm. actually now have a sales team all across the country. Um, we have a full team in California. We have two people in Florida, one in New York. We just moved our guy in Fort Worth up to Chicago, and he's handling the Midwest. In New York, you have to keep a bagel in your pocket. <laughs> yeah, it, that's right. It's the avocado, but East Coast. Yes. Yeah. Say so we are now distributed in 38 states in the United States and seven different countries, and that is just growing by the day. And people can find out where by going to your website? Is 100 percent right? GarrisonBros.com. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, you guys uh, honestly make us... We're already proud to be from Texas because yes. people from Texas are proud to be from Texas. <laughs> but you guys add to that, uh, and, and particularly with the quality of what you're doing. And I think it's, at this point, I think it's it's safe to say there is no, um, there is no advantage to bourbon from Tennessee or Kentucky over what's being produced in Texas. And it's not a... It's not a knock to those guys. There's some great distilleries making great products there. But Texas is not just holding its own. It's it's establishing its rightful place I love, as the place that some of the best bourbon I love in the world when you walk from. into a well-stocked uh, store, a well-stocked liquor store now. Mm -hmm. There's a section. <clears throat> An aisle Texas. sometimes. It's becoming its Texas. own category yes. now. Yeah. And it is its own thing, and, and it's and, a beautiful thing. And it does have... A little bit different going on all the time. Absolutely. And you guys are essentially the anchor of that, which is absolutely awesome. So uh, please tell uh, everybody at the distillery thank you from us for making us Texas proud. It's a, <laughs> it's a very cool thing. Will do. And thank you, Alana, for coming on. And, and I, I must say, you have... You have played your role as the bourbon evangelist <laughs> very well. Say hallelujah! It's been a, it's been a good uh, it's it's been I a good round of tasting. Yeah, you uh, you feel it moving. I feel the spirit moving, or <laughs> yes. or maybe it was the Balmoray. I'm not sure, but in any case, uh, it has been wonderful. Thank you so much for being on here. And uh, out of out of what you have uh, shown us today and tasted, how much of this can we likely find at our favorite, uh, at our favorite liquor store if we're in Texas? Um, so the small batch honeydew and 94 proof single barrel are available all year round. Those mm -hmm. are our core lineup. Um, the Balmeray we are doing quarterly releases of now instead nice. of annually. So mm -hmm. you can be able to find that about every three to four months typically. Um, and then the Laguna Madre, you'll be able to find once a year, very, very briefly, if you're very, very lucky, um, 
And yeah, this is going to be the first year released Fantastic. out into the wild. So well, uh, thank you again, and we want to invite you to come back anytime you like. Well, thank you so much we for having me. It. I really appreciate uh, it. And uh, thank you to everybody who has uh, hung with us throughout the show here. We appreciate you the very most. All right, in uh, almost two weeks from yesterday is Cinco de Mayo, uh, so that means that two weeks from today will be the day after Cinco de Mayo. And I just can't wait to do a Cinco de Mayo show. Cinco de Regreto. On, on the day after, right? On Cinco de Regreto, right? So, <laughs> with that in mind, next week, which will be a week before, uh, you know, just a day less than a week before Cinco de Mayo, we will be joined by one of our favorite people on the planet. Our tequila expert, Liliana Rodriguez, will join us She's next so week awesome. on the show. And we will be doing an Añejo Tequila blind taste test i can't wait that's gonna be we're gonna so be, fun we'll be trying a whole bunch of different añejos doing it blind the way we do the way we normally do is we'll do them in segments we'll pick a favorite of the segment you know we'll kind of rank the ones we tasted in, in each segment and then at the end of the show once the reveal has been made of what tequilas those were we'll pick our favorite list as always with any tequila tasting on this show no uh, salt or lime will be harmed during the tasting of <laughs> that's a hundred percent important so uh so we're looking forward to that and then i just want to mention um coming up on the 13th of may um the you know how hard it is to step into the shoes of someone legendary right i mean if you were if you were the like i've been watching the falcon and the winter soldier I feel sorry for this poor sap who had to like become Captain America after Steve Rogers, right? He was doomed from the start. Like right. there's no way he was going to live up to it. So it takes a brave person to step into the shoes of someone large. And there's a brave person who stepped into the shoes of Dave from Whistlepig. And his name is Dave from Whistlepig. <laughs> I know, I love yeah. that. <laughs> so he'll be our guest on the thirteenth. Wow, so we'll get to meet huge. the new Dave. That's yeah. absolutely huge. We'll get to meet the new Dave. So we'll do our best to try to make him feel at home and and welcome. You know, we had uh, we had Dave Pickerel on the show, and it was just what a month. Yeah, about a month before he oh, passed. Before yeah. he passed, and yeah. that was I was, and he was so crazy. honored he was to the, meet him. He was one of the greatest guests so we've fun. ever had. He was so much fun. He yeah. was so fun. So we'll uh, we'll see. I'm anxious to meet the guy who's brave enough to step into those shoes. Woo. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. So that's coming up, and a lot of other great guests coming up. Alana, thank you so much. We thank love you. your whiskey. Thank you. And, uh, and we like love it. having you on the show. And tell your sister she's welcome to come back without Doc so she can have <laughs> a chance to speak, by the way, on the show. That'll be something right. we'll be looking forward to. Have a, a great week, my friends. Thank you so much for joining us on Smoking and Toasting, and we'll be back next week with our uh, blind taste test of Añejo Tequila. Until we see you then, cheers, my friend. Cheers, y'all. Salute. Cheers, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs>